the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But if the last episode of the Battle for 1600 was number 19, I think this could be episode 20. Episode 20, it's an anniversary. Boris, am I, is that right? Is that, am I doing new math right? Do I have okay. it right there? Okay, hold on. Let's break it down. Hang okay, on. So 19, 19 is last week. Plus one. Plus one. Carry 12. Divide by <laughs> C. <laughs> equals Democrat math. Am I right? That's right. If, well, if we were Democrats, well, this would be, we would have gone from 19 to 11, okay? But because we're common sense conservatives, we... Reality. We, are, we believe in reality. Correct. We correct. like reality. We're going 19 to 20. Happy 20th to you, Boris. Happy 20th, my friend. It's exciting. It is it exciting. Is. It is. It makes me feel very good. Uh, as I have been admonished once before, I will never do it again. I'm Sebastian Gorka. I am former strategist to the President of the United States. I am the host of America First on the Salem Radio Network across the nation to hundreds of radio stations, millions of listeners and viewers on YouTube, on Facebook with my regular guest, Boris Epstein, who is the strategic advisor for coalitions on the Trump 2020 campaign, former special assistant to President Trump and also the co-host of this, the 20th episode of the battle for 1600. Boris, you know this for a fact. Let me, let me just, people like this because we get longer to chat and we can do a little bit of inside baseball for the first time in 19 episodes. And I, I texted you about it a few days ago. What was it? I, it was, I, was, I took a weekend off. I took Friday off and I traveled north with my wife and we had a wonderful time. Jennifer Horn, our other regular guest, covered the show on Friday. And I thought, hey, this is fun. I'm going to listen to this podcast, Battle for 1600. <laughs> the first time ever I've listened to one of our podcasts. Dude, it was epic. It's, it's so good. much fun. It is a lot of fun. We're getting a lot of positive feedback. I think you told me it, uh, it's, we're blowing up on YouTube, on right? you, Yeah, so what we, we post the day we record, we post the audio on the podcast. So if you're subscribed on your podcast platform, you get to hear the podcast. And then, thanks to Jeff and uh, John and our team here, we decide the video goes up on Saturday so people have something fun for the weekend. And people loving the video, too. Although Love you're it. not in studio, Boris. I know. Well, it's just uh, my voice is so animated that it looks like I am in studio. I That's know. What <laughs> but you want to be somewhere where you can smoke cigars while you're recording, don't you? That's right. I may or may not be smoking <laughs> you may, as we speak. We, we cannot confirm or deny that Boris is smoking a cigar. Wouldn't that be so fun? You know oh, what? I've if got we could idea. record this in a cigar lounge, wouldn't that be epic? 
I've got an idea. Yeah. Between now and election season, mm-hmm. no guarantees. Okay. But let's try to do a special mini episode, not yes. one of our usual ones, somewhere where we're both smoking a stogie. How about that? Sold. Sold. Done. We could sit somewhere. We could maybe have have a Comrex machine, however we do it. Have a stogie. We can do it in the studio. Shad and Eric and Mr. G won't tell anybody, right? Okay, right. we'll open the right, window. Right, Shad? You, 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 I see nothing, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like that. I wouldn't want you to damage the equipment, though. You know, <laughs> it might be a bit smelly afterwards. So you don't think I should? You don't think I should ash on the on the responder? You, you, we can smoke cigars, but we can't exhale. That's 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 the rule, right? No what, exhalation. What are we going to look like? Oh, at, uh, the at the, the opposite of, of Bill Clinton, right? Right. We can't exhale. So we're going to smoke them. They're going to stay. And then our faces will be blue by the time we're done, right? <laughs> Actually, Mr. G has a great idea. He's, he's listening. He's li- Sneaky bugger. He should be working, getting ready for my show. He said, the next conservative cigar night near where I live in the cigar lounge. Perhaps we could do a, what do they call them? An outside broadcast. What's the term? It's called a remote. A remote. A remote. Should we do a remote with cigars? We'll Morris? go on remote. It'll be a cigar remote. We'll pick some extra long stogies. Massive ones. Massive 65 ones. gauge. That's my favorite. There you go. And we'll chat it away. <laughs> you know, and I will I will stay away from the scotch and solidarity with you, my friend. No, not, not required. Uh, well, maybe I'll have one. Um, and, then, and we're going to have a good old time. Hey, if it was good enough for Churchill, it's good enough for us, right? Uh, I think we can slum it in a cigar lounge and record a special edition. And hey, it may have to be something we do regularly. You never know. I like the idea a lot. I'm a big fan. <laughs> and then, as we've talked about before, with the convention coming up, there's another good opportunity for a remote yes. in Jacksonville, Florida. So yes. a lot, lots of fun to be had, lots of, lots of interesting things going on. Uh, but I will tell you this. I am so proud of what we and the team, everybody who puts their work into this, Shad, John, Jeff, Eric, everybody uh, who puts so much effort into this podcast – Really proud of the whole team and very thankful for everybody. Well, that's so, he's such a nice man, isn't he? You know what? Somebody should put you in charge of um, advising on strategic matters for the coalition. You know what? Isn't that, that oh, that? sorry. Too late. Already done. All done. Follow this man right now, Boris E.P. And while we're at it, since it's been a week since we spoke, and don't forget breakfastwithboris.com, happy fifth anniversary to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank Can you, you. This is the big thing I've been asking all day yesterday during the anniversary is does it feel more or less or exactly like five years since the president announced his candidacy? What, what about for you? Because you've worked your tail off in the White House and since then. So is it longer? Is, has it gone faster? What's, what's Boris's take on the last five years? It's gone fast for me. Yeah. You know, since I formally rejoined the campaign, I actually have my old email back from the 2016 oh, campaign. Oh, funny. It's the same, same email at bepstein at donaldtrump.com. And it's, it's an honor to have it, but it also has enabled me to plug it in. And you know, I don't know how technology works exactly, but some old emails started populating. And funny. I started and it's great to look back on that. It does feel like it was two, you know, two minutes ago when we were in an upstart campaign, an insurgent campaign, and now we're running a re-election for the President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States, and that makes me so proud, and I'm so honored to be a part of that team. So I would tell you that it's gone fast. I think the amount of achievements over the, uh, during the presidency, the first the huge achievement of, of first beating 
the Republican establishment, yeah. then beating the Democrat establishment Clinton machine, and then the achievements most importantly for the American people on the economy, on national security, on uh, making sure that our border is secured, on appointing constitutional judges and justices to the Supreme Court. This president has done so much for this country, and there's no better encapsulation of it than what we've gone through this year. Yeah, We had the best economy this country ever had. Then we... Well, hang, hang on. I just want people... Oh, let's repeat that. This isn't just, you know, rhetoric. America, before the coronavirus hit the world... Unquestionably. ...had the most powerful, the strongest, the largest economy we have ever seen. That's just a statement of fact. Sorry. No doubt about it. Yeah, carry on. You look at... You look at growth, you look at the historic lows in unemployment, you look at the highs in the stock market. Everywhere you look, strongest economy ever. Coronavirus pandemic hits, invisible enemy, a plague. And a lot of folks are saying, hunker down. The economy is really going to take a huge hit. Well, guess what? We're now pretty much back to where we were. We just, May brought the highest rise, not in just job numbers, but in retail sales. Yes. In the history of this country. Uh, what was it, an 18% increase? 17.7, almost 18% increase in May. And the largest ever in the history of this wonderful country. Let, let's just, so, so people have the uh, ammunition, the rhetorical, you know, uh, material to, to you know, argue against the, the lies of the people who've been indoctrinated. So... A 17% increase in uh, consumption. We've had 2.5 million jobs added in one month alone in May, which is, again, a, a historic record. And also, look, there's still a lot of people who have to get back to work, a lot of people who are trying to get their businesses jump-started again. But, but on top of that, the, the stock market is back to where it was prior to the coronavirus. Yes. That's incredible, Boris. Incredible. The Nasdaq continues to hit highs. And the S&P and the Dow, you know, after we talked last week, there was a pretty significant dip, about 1,800 points on the Dow. Well, guess what? It, the market's already rebounded yeah. from that pretty much. And that shows you the stability and the strength, the durability of the stock market. That when it goes down by a, a solid amount, it was 6%, 1,800 on the Dow, it doesn't keep going now. Now it's bouncing back. What does that show to you? Again, the elasticity, the fact that the market is able to give, but then come right back. And that is very important in an economy that's rebounding. This is not a V rebound. This is a rocket ship rebound. No. Rocket ship rebound. Uh, let's just mention also uh, some other anniversaries. The president's birthday, yes. 74. I, I can't believe it. Also, the anniversary of the... 74 Aust- going on, on 39, yeah. right? The, the only president in modern history who looks younger than he did on inauguration. Quite stunning. And then we have the birthday of the Stars and Stripes this weekend. The and also the U.S. Army. Yes. Quite, quite a weekend, Boris. Quite a weekend. It is, it is a wonderful weekend. It is a, an, exciting, uh, an exciting time in this country. Always great to wish the president a very happy birthday. Both you and I did so on Twitter. The president actually gave me a little bit of a present on Saturday morning, the day before his birthday, retweeted my op-ed, which you did as well. Yes. An op-ed that I put out on Newsweek, which is Newsweek's actually been putting out. They have a they have a new head of opinion over there, Josh Hammer, a smart young guy who comes from a uh, center right background. Let's put it. That I know way. that name. Yes. Yes. You do. Yes, you do. And uh, and they've been Newsweek has been trying to take some more 
some more voices from our side of the aisle, from the conservative side of the aisle. And they took my op-ed, which, uh, which was about the hypocrisy of the left, hypocrisy of the Democratic leaders, something we've talked a lot about on this podcast, whereas Governor Whitmer in Michigan, the failed far-left bumbling Mayor de Blasio of New York, Governor Cuomo of New York, they want nothing to do with the folks who want to go to work and live an honest life, but are all about the protesters and the rioters and the looters. So there was, it, was that, it was that concentration of the op-ed. And I woke up in the morning and I saw that there had been a retweet from the President of the United States on Saturday morning. There was nothing like it. That's a good feeling. Congratulations. Let's continue to discuss hypocrisy on the left. Our guest, our co-host, rather. What am I talking about? Boris Epstein. Follow him, Boris EP Breakfast with Boris.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You can follow me on Twitter, Seb Gorka. And also the website is sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. You mentioned, <clears throat> as we are preparing for the show, this incredible hypocrisy. What, what happened today with regards to an individual, Dick Durbin, who such a nice chap, such a tolerant individual. He called when I was in the White House for me to be deported from America. Did you know that? Well, isn't that nice? Yes. Just deporting. But of course, immigrants, the, we, we love immigrants, don't we? On he the loves, the, loves the illegal immigrants. Yeah, maybe yes. Not, yeah. Legal ones like me or you, maybe not so much. No, not if we disagree with his tolerant Democrat liberal point of view. So what has he done now? So what he did now is today in the Senate, uh, Senator Tim Scott has put out a proposal, a Senate bill on on policing, which is now being backed by the White House. Kayleigh McEnany, the press yes. secretary, announced so today. Dick Durbin goes up there talking about it, and he says, and you know, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, African-American senator, Republican senator, Dick Durbin goes up there and says, well, we shouldn't, this pretty much calls the bill a token. He said, we shouldn't be doing tokens. And we all know what that means. That is a racist dog whistle of him referring, disgustingly referring to an African-American Republican as senator a token as person. a token. Yeah. And guess what? And just about 10 days ago, I believe, on NBC News, Tim Scott was asked, well, are you, some, people, some people are saying you're a token. Respond. We're the worst type of journalism you've ever seen, by the way. Incredible. But that's, that is what the left is doing. Yeah. And we're, we've, we're seeing it time and time again. We saw with Joe Biden's "You Ain't Black" if you think of voting for Donald Trump, and now one of Joe Biden's old friends, a colleague of his from the Senate, and another Democratic leader, Dick Durbin of Illinois, of all places, one of the worst-run states and, and with one of the worst-run cities in the history of this country because Democrats run it. Yep. Dick Durbin goes up there and says that, and he he uses that dog whistle against a colleague. There's only a hundred senators. It is a lofty position go, with a history of which going back all the way to Roman times. That level of disrespect, that level of racism is despicable, disgusting. And I'm, I'm not saying that because I d- disagree with Dick Durbin politically, which I do. I'm saying that just as an American, objectively. Disgusting, despicable, no place for it. But will there be any consequences for him using that kind of language? Well, there's a consequence. The consequence is Tim Scott absolutely annihilated flamed him, him. Flamed him. On Twitter. And he said, "Are you still wearing those, oh, those, those Kenta cloths over there?" Yeah, which is, you know, what he's what he's referring to is when the Democrats had that photo op when they wore the Kenta cloths, and then after some fact checking, it turned out, well, guess what? Kenta cloths were worn by empires which were participating in the slave trade. They were worn by slave traders. 
Not a good look for the party that worked hand in glove, that had the KKK as one of its arms. Not a good look for the people who were the segregationists who controlled the South. But again, my question, Boris, does any of this have consequences? I mean, we are 138 days away from the election. And, and my, my question is about how not just the hypocrisy or the double standards, but the attempt to falsify history. And, and we, you know, we've got this phrase of the memory hole from Orwell from 1984. We've got the reality of what the Soviets did to try and fake history. Listen to this, this cut. This is from Tim Kaine. Who, uh, Tim Kaine could have been the vice president right now. Let's not forget who this person Ooh. is. I know. Easy to forget. But this was Hillary Clinton's running mate right. who had the following thing to say <laughs> on the floor of the Senate yesterday. It, it, it's truly beggar's belief. Eric, play cut four from Tim Kaine. And we need to do much more within the criminal justice system, but also within all of our systems to dismantle the structures of racism that our federal, state and local governments carefully erected and maintained over centuries. We know a little bit about this in Virginia. The first African-Americans into the English colonies came to Point Comfort, Virginia in 1619. They were slaves. They'd been captured against their will. But they landed in colonies that didn't have slavery. There were no laws about slavery in the colonies at that time. The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. It got created by the Virginia General Assembly and the legislatures of other states. It got by the court systems in colonial America and sense that enforced fugitive slave laws. It was, we created it. And we created it and maintained it over centuries. As a good friend of mine pointed out today on his show, um, I think Moses would perhaps disagree with the idea that America created uh, slavery. Don't you think, Boris? I think so. I think so. So, so would the British. Yeah. So, so, so would most of the Muslim world that actually talked about the right to enslave those who you've conquered in their holy text, Boris. This is a senator, a senator. Now, not retired, not with some podcast, on the floor of the Senate saying, Virginia, America, created slavery, Boris. Is he that thick, or does he think his audience is that stupid? Well, I think what I've always thought about Tim Kaine is that he's a total windbag and and a— an empty suit. So I think what happened there is that somebody wrote the speech for him and he went out and read it. Oh, and and, he, and what he just abdicates his position to some woke staffer, uh, woke in, 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 in quotation marks, of course, some woke staffer who wrote this, doesn't know anything you know, about American history or world history. And, uh, and that's what we have. And now we have this in the record of the Senate from a senator who, you're right, was the vice presidential candidate. And by the way, you know, I've expressed a lot of thanks on on this podcast, on the show. I do want to express very, very, very significant thanks to whoever it was on the Clinton team who had the bright idea of having Tim Kaine as her running mate in 2016. How did that happen? A man with – he's a black hole of charisma. It's just stunning. It's stunning. How did that happen, Boris? You, you, you understand politics. You've been in the Beltway. You've worked on numerous campaigns. What, what, did they, what did they think in the DNC? What did they think in you know, Clinton Central? Tim Kaine right. brought to the ticket. 
Yeah. It's Is there any explanation? There's no explanation. It's a it's a disaster. It was a disastrous decision. It was it was the only thing you could muster is to say Hillary Clinton wanted somebody who's even more boring than she is. <laughs> so they chose Tim Kaine. Yeah, he be. brought nothing. No. Virginia's already a battleground state. He didn't tip it. He doesn't attract he he pan, panders and tries to speak Spanish. But he doesn't. He didn't bring any constituency. He doesn't offer anything. It was a terrible pick, and 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 you got to give it to Vice President Mike Pence. He tore Tim Kaine apart. Oh, he. Oh, that that was an amazing. The one when they were seated, right? Yes. It was just the three of them: the moderator, uh, Kane, and the vice president. And guess what? The debate was in Virginia. It was on, <laughs> it was on Kane's home ground. Right. I was there. Actually, I had the pleasure. We flew with Kellyanne Conway. and Are you Jason, there for the debate? Jason, well, that's, I was. Jason Miller and some others, we flew from headquarters down to the debate to, to, you know, to be there. And then I was in the, in the spin room afterwards. Absolutely, I was there. And you could feel in the room, you could feel in the spin room after just how, just how destroyed the Democrats were. I mean, Mike Pence took Tim Kaine to school at that debate. No, he did. And it was it was so elegantly done as 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 he, you know, is is apt to do. We're talking to Boris Epstein, my co-host for the Battle for 1600. If you like it, give us a review where you get your podcasts and don't forget you can not only listen to us, you can watch this podcast every Saturday if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Look for my name Sebastian Gorka, America First. Hit the subscription button and the notifications bell twice until it's fully filled in and you'll never miss any of our chats. I love it. Before we, we, we go on to the, the good news of what's happening on our side, uh, what one last thing about hypocrisy. So uh, this is fresh for me this morning. Uh, you, you say uh, it has not been denied. There's a person truly deranged, uh, maybe patient zero of t- Trump derangement syndrome called Rick Wilson, who still still introduces himself and is introduced on CNN and elsewhere as a Republican strategist. Well, somebody, the left does this all the time, and and, and somebody on the right decided to do a little bit of social media digging. And Rick Wilson, who hates the president, hates anybody who supports the president, has a wife, and a wife who tweeted the following, which has not been denied by Rick Wilson or his wife. And here's the tweet verbatim. This is going to sound bad, but I need some Mexicans for about three days to work in my garden. Hashtag overgrown. Boris, comment. Yeah, Rick Wilson's got a problem, and here's how, here's how it started. Yeah. Rick Wilson dug up a tweet from 2012 wow. of Domino's Pizza thinking now Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, not 2012 press secretary now press secretary yeah back in 2012 domino's pizza thanked a private individual kaylee McEnany, for being a supporter of their brand rick, and, wilson, and rick wilson digs it up to, a, to uh, attack and, them now correct and tries to attack domino's with it now tries to cancel foolish domino's. boy domino's good for them said well this is 2020 i guess this is what we're <laughs> dealing with now but then some some eagle-eyed, eagle-eyed social media and and you know uh, traditional media reporters found some very interesting tweets from both Rick Wilson 
and his wife, some of them having a Confederate flag. What? What? Yes, there's a tweet with a cooler, and the cooler had the Confederate flag on it. Is there there a Confederate, is there a statue of Rick Wilson somewhere that we have to tear down? Probably. And then there was was a comment of the South will rise again having to do with the cooler. Oh, my god! So there's a lot of issues. And so Caleb Hall, who's a really nice, smart, young guy, very active on social media, we both follow him and retweet him sometimes, he tweeted about this a little bit, and then Rick Wilson's wife went into his direct messages on Instagram, started attacking him, and said, well, you made up the cooler. It was like, well, then no, you didn't make it up. It was our son's cooler. But, But yet they posted it on their Instagram. And here's the point. Do I particularly give a crap <laughs> of, of a cooler that Rick Wilson had in 2014 no. or 2015? No. I couldn't, I couldn't give two dams about Rick Wilson, and I definitely don't care about his cooler. But the point is, the point is that the left and their, cohort, their, their former conservative cohorts like Rick Wilson, who's a total grifter, by the way. All he's doing, nobody knows what he actually believes. All he wants to do is just jump on a bandwagon and try to make some money. And so people like that who are trying to make a living of attacking President Trump, of uselessly attacking uh, American brands, good American businesses, of uselessly attacking American elected officials and American administration officials, they deserve everything they're going to get. And that's what Rick Wilson and now his wife, because she's inserted herself into it, are getting. They're getting the blowback because they're hypocrites. That's Be- what they are. Before we talk about, about the campaign, let me just finish on, on one question because I'm curious what your, your stance is. So we've seen, I think, six advertisers, including T-Mobile, pull their support of the uh, Tucker Carlson show on Fox. We've seen cancel culture from Gone with the Wind to... Uh, computer games and everything else, genuflecting at the knee of Black Lives Matter and uh, other uh, messages of, you know, you have to agree with us otherwise. The cancel culture phenomena is real. And this is a little bit of cancel culture being thrown back in the face of those who wish to censor us on the right. Absolutely. What's the long-term answer? You're a lawyer. You've worked in Wall Street. You've worked on numerous campaigns. You've worked in the White House. Uh, it's got to such a point now where we're going to have the, the founder of The Federalist on the show today, Ben Dominich, who found out that his incredible website, The Federalist, one of the most solid news sites out there, uh, was pulled from Google ad space because of comments, comments, comments right. on somebody's article. Do we, do we have to break up Google and YouTube like we did with, with the Bell company back in the 1980s? What, what's, what's the smart – because, you know, you and I, we believe in, you know, small government. The bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. Right. But at some point, doesn't there have to be an intervention when we're talking about the civil rights of all Americans and, and freedom of expression? Well, if you consider that, that Google, YouTube, and other social media companies which have – Effectively, 100% penetration are yes. almost like utilities. Right. Then you and, monopoly, to, and monopolies. Correct. And monopolies. You have to consider, does the government need to step in, investigate, and, and do something in order to prevent these companies from becoming the groupthink police? Yeah. Because that's what it is. When Ben Dominich is on, you should ask him. He was called, his, his outlet, the Federalist, was called a far-right website. <laughs> 
You should ask that. Are there, are there, have you ever? I have to ask you this. I, mean, I know it's partially rhetorical, but I'm curious if you have ever, because you know you've worked in media for years at Sinclair and elsewhere. You've been a commentator across all platforms. Have you ever, ever heard any platform being called far left? No, and it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't, does it? I mean, look at the Huffington Post. <laughs> it is left of Mao Zedong. <laughs> right. They have idiots like Aaron Rupar over there, okay, yeah, right. who mistake who mistake traditional military marches for movies out of songs and tweet about it like he did during the president's Great West Point speech right. and get embarrassed. Huffington Post is as far left as it gets, and there's ones, and, you know, there's even... Or, or Ma- Maggie, Maggie Haberman, right? New York Times, right? Maggie, is it New York Times? Yes. Yeah. White the senior White House correspondent, who's at a function at the White House. This is what this is. This is this is just indicative, and the the background music is Edelweiss from the Sound of Music, and she tweets about it being a Nazi anthem. I didn't even see that. You didn't no. see that? Oh my gosh! It was about two years ago or a year and a half. She's at some event. Oh, and, I know what you're talking about. And, yes, and she, Edelweiss, right. Edelweiss is playing in the background, and she says. Oh my gosh, I'm in the White House and they're playing Edelweiss. It's the sound of music, you moron. Well, that's the problem. I, I think in general, the, the reporters who cover the White House and the reporters in general, now we all know they lean to the left. Yeah. But what they, that, the one, other big mistake they make is they use Twitter too liberally. They forget that Twitter, and I say that to these reporters all the time. I said, listen, when you tweet, it's the same as your byline. It's the same thing. Yeah. So if you want to have shred of credibility, don't go out there. Oh, talking of so fake news, your- Boris, why haven't you congratulated me? On being one of the most successful radio personalities in the country? No, no, Congratulations, no, 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 my no, no, friend. No, no. But haven't you read CNN? Oh, yeah, I think you're the new Voice of America CEO, yeah. aren't you? I, I'm going to be like Big Mufti, Chief, whatever, Grand Fromage. The Grand Poobah. I'm going to be the Grand Poobah at Voice of America. Did you know that? Wonderful. I mean, look, Abilio, Jim Acosta, and Brian Stelty wrote the article, Boris. Well, hold on. Does that mean that if that's the case, we could put this podcast on Voice of America? Ooh, now Grand you're thinking. Poobah. Now I like that. Now I like that. We're going to go global. We're going to go to global. <laughs> and we're going to go global with cigars. So with global cigars. Yes, we're going to say government buildings will now have cigar lounges in them. To your point, to your earlier point. For those who missed it, for those who missed it, I'm just having fun. Oh, here. Yeah, do, do, because do. two days ago, CNN breathlessly reported based on their Voice of America and, and White House, their White House sources, that Sebastian Gorka, there's a big shakeup at Voice of America, and Sebastian Gorka will be taking a leadership position. And it was Brian Stelty, Potato Head, and Abilio Acosta that wrote that article, Boris. Two of your favorites. Uh, it's one of the most, <laughs> one of the... <laughs> Utter fakeness, completely made up. It's a stunning. This is the definition of fake news, my friend. Hey, well, I'm not going to accept that, okay? Brian Stelter is a real media <laughs> He's a reporter. serious journalist. He's a serious Who person. cries into his duvet every night. He, he cries. He takes snaps. <laughs> By the way, so, uh, sorry, let's just finish the early point. Then I do want to talk about something specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the earlier point, in, in terms of Google and far right versus yes. far left, yes, a center-right outlet called The Federalist, which which puts out great information. Incredible deep dive articles. Correct. Great. It's called Far Right. But then, you know, Daily Coast is not called Far Left. <laughs> Daily right? Beast isn't called Radical Left Wing. Radical Left, right. right. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, we all know that there's bias in this country. Speaking of bias, yeah. did you see 
our friend Jenna Ellis. Yes. Absolute torch. <gasps> How could we not mention that? God on her show. Th- bless you. Thank you for remembering that. It was. She texted me the night before. I think it was. It was Stealthy's show. Potatoes is on Sunday, right? When is it? It's on Sunday. Uh, unreliable right. sources. On unreliable Sundays. sources. Gar- garbage sources on Sunday. And Saturday, she gives me a heads up. I'm going on. I'm going on Stealthy's show. And I told her what to prep, and it was delicious. Especially two things. He attacked her. He said, "Your children and your grandchildren will be ashamed." And then what does she do at the end? I mean, this was just the, the little cherry on top of the Sunday. And I, I wish here on your show to wish President Trump happy birthday. Wasn't that delicious? I thought it was wonderful. I thought the whole thing was absolutely amazing, absolutely killer. It was, it was, a, it was an artful takedown of Stelter, who, the, who himself had a total meltdown and absolutely disrespected Jenna Ellis, who's an attorney to the president and an attorney to a legal advisor to the campaign. And so you're... You're going to be ashamed when you have children and grandchildren. The, the, an absolutely despicable, demeaning display from Brian Stelter, who invited somebody on ostensibly to ask her questions about the campaign. About you know, there was a letter that they had written about a CNN poll, but instead devolved into attacking her and being so condescending. So while President Trump champions women, has more women than men on his National Security Council team. Look at what the liberals and their buddies in the media are doing. Yeah, it's and, disgusting. And, and she called them out. And no, Jenna she did. Called them out. She's, yeah. a, she's a regular on the show, and, and, and she's a real warrior. And, and the fact is, at, at that point, that's when somebody should go up to him and take away his press badge. You're not a journalist. You don't get to attack. You don't get to use somebody's children in an interview. I mean, that, that's just that's who CNN is. Right. It, 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 is, it is the metric... For why there are fake news. Okay, let's let's talk about fun stuff. I can't keep up with it. I was talking to the White House on Monday, and I've been away. Okay, I get it. I, maybe I didn't spend twenty hours on social media when I was, you know, in the forest. And I, I was on with um, the great Hogan Gidley, and I said, "Is it true the president's next rally in Tulsa already has three hundred thousand people applying?" And he says, "That's fake news, Sebastian. <laughs> why are you calling fake news? It's already eight hundred thousand, and that was Monday." What is going on, Boris? One arena that seats 19,000, and they're almost at a million registrants the last time I looked. It's going to be a big one. (laughs) It's going to be a big one. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Americans are excited. And this is an indication of America reopening. That is exactly what it is. America is coming back. We know our economy is coming back. America is getting stronger, and President Trump is getting back out there, and he's going to be speaking directly with the American people. That's what he's doing. That's what he's focused on. And you better believe that this rally is going to be unlike probably any we've seen since maybe early in the 2015-2016 cycle. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting, and it's a very, very exciting time, not just for the campaign, but for America as a whole as the president hits the road again. Are you going to be there? I am not going to this one. Uh, there's a lot going on, and I'm, I'm sort of stretched a little thin, so I'm not going to this specific one, but I'll be at them soon, that's for sure.
Good. I can't wait. Um, are you concerned? I had a couple of people text me on our, our Patriot Mobile text line saying they're concerned because of everything they've seen in the last three weeks, the, the violence on the streets of America, that you know, this could be a target. What, what's your feeling about that? I am very confident in our brave men and women of law enforcement and our brave men and women of the Secret Service. So I think that it's going to go off without a hitch. It's going to be fine. And I'm also confident in the people of Oklahoma that they want the president there. Sure, you've had some, you know, some elected officials say a couple different things, but the people of Oklahoma want the president there. They want this exciting, invigorating rally, and it's going to be there on Saturday. And the, the president, by the way, it was originally scheduled for Friday. The president listened to some concerns that had been said that it's Juneteenth, which is a, which is a special day for the African American community in our country. And he said, "Fine, we'll move it to Saturday." And here we are, and here we go. Wow. It's going to be. Uh, a, a rocking and rolling affair. And you know what? Now you said it. I'm thinking twice about it. Maybe I am going to end up going. I think we need special coverage on the Maybe podcast. I am going to end up going as we a may guy. need some special. I think it should be you. But I, I, I'm volunteer. If you're available and if the cigars are there to meet you, I think you might have to do that. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I'm going to do my best. And if for some reason I can't make it to this one, I'm going to be at one right after. That's Good. for sure. And what about the convention? Oh, we're the convention in Jacksonville. Yes. So now here's the latest. The latest is this: that the the business of the convention, sort of you know, the actual the voting, voting exactly, right. that'll still be done in Charlotte. But the president and the RNC have announced that the the acceptance speech, the big events, they're going to be in Jacksonville. And you better believe Jacksonville is going to be ready, and Jacksonville is going to be rocking. And you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. And that means that anybody and everybody who listens to us, subscribes to us. Watchers on YouTube, they're all going to be there. And you're going to get us the best guests, right, Boris? Come on. You don't have to ask twice, my friend. It's going to be an absolute blast. All right, let's have some fun. Let's close the show with, um, well, it is the battle for 1600. To have a battle, you need two sides. Where's Hyden Biden, Boris? Uh, (laughs) Hyden Biden is hiding away. He loves that mask. Whenever he pops up, he's got that black mask on. He's, it's creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> he, well, not only does he have the mask, he, when, he, when he doesn't wear the mask, he just hangs, he hangs it over his, off his ear, over his <laughs> ear, which looks so terrible. He's been hiding, but then today he's going to a bar in Pennsylvania, I'm not even kidding, called Hideaway. Oh, come on. You're making that up. I am not making it up. Look it up. Hideaway. Hyden Biden is going to his hideaway. Yep. Yep. He's going. He's going. He is going to a hideaway. It's a. (laughs) Oh, man. And whoever. I tweeted this. Whoever did the staff work on that one is absolutely deranged. (laughs) Okay. You got a guy who's been hiding in his basement. Because I think you can. Where is this bar? Uh, It's called Carlette's Hideaway, I believe. I just tweeted it. This is in Pennsylvania. It's in Pennsylvania. It's not. They've probably you. got more than one bar in Pennsylvania. You don't have to worry. Maybe. You, you like, don't have to worry. This is. It's not far from his house. Okay. Uh, it is called Carlette's Hideaway in Land in Lansdowne, PA, and somebody on on Biden's staff decided. You know what we need to do? This guy's been getting hit for being for hiding, and his name is Hyden Biden. Let's take him to a place called the Hideaway. You know, and it's a, ti- there's a, it's po- a tiny little bar. There's it's a, a total mess. Which, Boris, there's a point in which, after the 48th mistake, not by him, but by clearly the people around him, and you think, you know what? I, I think his campaign has run out of the RNC. I mean, it's just hilarious. 
Mistake after mistake after mistake. Well, that's what happens. Is it just, is it like 19 year olds? I mean, what's going on? That's what happens when you don't have a candidate who's <laughs> operational. You don't have a candidate who's with it. You right. have a candidate who is completely tuned out. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you have here. You have a candidate who is just, who, who's not really running his own campaign. And, you know, I was watching a video, that horrible thing he said about 7-Eleven, Dunkin' Donuts, and how you need a, how you you need have a have little an bit Indian of Indian accent. accent. Disgusting. Yeah. This was in the last, within the last 10 years. Compare that video to what Joe Biden looks and talks like now. Yeah. It is not the same human being. Ooh. I'm not a doctor. I'm not talking. <laughs> but there's no, just as a, somebody who's observed humanity, there's no two ways that this is not the same human being. All right. We're going to get that video. We're going to listen to that on the show today. That's a compare great, the two, great compare reminder. Him, compare what he said, how he talked. We all know what he said was idiotic. Compare how he talked then to how he talks now. Isn't he, the, isn't he the politician who was so impressed that um, Obama was a black politician who was clean and well-spoken? Yeah, he was also the same politician who was clean. talking about clean. Who, of course, a uh, clean articulate, I think, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And well spoken. I mean, Joe. There's no doubt that Joe, Joe Biden's praised racists. He's he praised George fine Wallace. Fine gentleman. Fine totally. gentleman. Which, by the way, is the same exact thing that he pretended to be running on when he launched his. But he lied about what President Trump said about Charlottesville. Yeah. He Biden lied about that conflated the whole story and then and then tried to say that he's running because of it well guess what he's actually said the thing that he's falsely accusing <laughs> right, donald right. trump of saying which Joe is, a Biden is a disaster which is a pattern on the left as my friend my colleague here at salem says dennis prager whatever the left is accusing you of doing as a conservative you can pretty much bet they're actually doing it you've been listening to the battle for 1600 with my friend my co-host regular guest on america first boris epstein follow him right now boris ep breakfast with boris.com he is the strategic advisor for coalitions on the trump 2020 campaign join today register become part of Team Trump at DonaldJTrump.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to the president. You can follow us at SebGorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, SebGorka.com, and our YouTube channel, Twitter, and tune in next time. Thank you, Boris. My friend, thank you. Thanks to our listeners. God bless you. And do I have another 30 seconds here, 15 seconds? How about that? I'll, I'll give you 38. Thank you. I want to thank everybody who listens who watches, who tunes in, subscribes, give us your comments. And then most of all, do not forget that the future of America is at stake in November. This is our 20th, 20th podcast. I believe that by the time we reach 40, it'll be right about election time. Oh. So do, do not, do not scale down. Do not slow down. Accelerate. Accelerate. Accelerate, my friends, through Election Day. Let's get Donald Trump reelected, and we will keep America great that way. Thanks, everybody. Nicely done. He's such a pro. Well done. God bless everybody. Tune in for number 21.